The following program is a presentation of Grand Slam Ministries. Hi again, everybody, and happy Easter Sunday, wherever you are listening to this. I am Dan Scott. This is the cleverly titled Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries, episode number 14. And we are very happy to have you with us on this most blessed of all days in the Christian faith, the day that we celebrate the fact that the tomb is empty, our Savior is sitting on the right hand of God right now making intercession for us. Folks, let's make no mistake. If Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, we have no hope. But he has risen, and he is sitting on the right hand of God right now, and that is something to celebrate, and that's what we do on this day. So I hope that you have celebrated properly. I hope you're having a great time with your family. And this is going to be hard for you to believe, I know, but I believe we've got a great show lined up for you today. Jason Romano, a former high-profile producer at ESPN, left them in 2017 to go to work for Sports Spectrum so he could more freely share his faith and do what he loves inside the realm of sports, bringing sports and faith together. This is an incredible interview with a great guy who is doing some fantastic work with Sports Spectrum. It's a couple of minutes longer than most of our interviews, so we need to hop right into it. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come back, and I'll set you up to hear from this week's guest, Jason Romano. Don't go away. Is there someone in your life who has been a spiritual mentor, an influence so great that you'd love to find a way to honor them? For a gift of $200 or more to Grand Slam Ministries, you can dedicate a segment of The Dan Scott Show to that very special person. Honor someone who is currently in your life or remember the legacy of a loved one who has passed. Make your gift online at grandslamministries.org and we will send you an information form which will allow you to tell us all about this special person, how and why they were a spiritual influence, their favorite Bible verses, and anything else that you would like to share. In doing so, you'll be covering our cost of one week's production, helping ensure The Dan Scott Show stays on air and continues to share stories of loved ones like yours. In addition, you'll get your own copy of the program in which your loved one's story airs, either by MP3 or CD. Help the legacy of your spiritual mentor reach others with your gift of $200 or more today. Do so online at grandslamministries.org. That's grandslamministries.org. Want to see a listing of our affiliates? Check out videos or listen to past shows and explore our archives? It's all available at our website, danscottshow.org. And now, back to the show. I know I said this a couple of weeks ago, but it bears repeating. Who doesn't love a great blues riff coming back in from a break? This is episode 14 of The Dan Scott Show. 
Good to have you with us on uh, any one of our nine affiliates, or if you happen to be listening on the archives. And, and to that point, let me remind you that everything we do is archived on our website, danscottshow.org. Go to the Affiliates and Archive page, and you can access the podcast from there. We have had some incredible guests so far on this show, and uh, we're hoping to continue that run of very good fortune. And I think we're going to, by the way. But uh, you can get it at the website, or you can search your favorite podcast site. Uh, Just search for The Dan Scott Show Podcast, and uh, you'll find it there. I will uh, also just remind you quickly that it's important that we hear from you, that we get feedback on what we're doing, whether you like it, whether you don't like it, suggestions. How can we pray for you? You know, that's something that I'm very big on. How can we pray for you? I try to ask that of all of our guests when we're finished recording the show. And uh, we want to do that for you as well. Dan at danscottshow.org is the website, or the uh, email address, I should say, dan at danscottshow.org, or at the website, there's a contact uh, section, and you can contact us through there. The uh, Twitter handle for the ministry is Grand Slam for God. My personal Twitter handle is Dan Scott Show. And then we have the Grand Slam Ministries Facebook page and my personal and Christian pages on Facebook as well. So plenty of ways for you to contact us. We would love to hear from you, want to know what you think about the show. And again, if nothing else, how can we pray for you? All right, Jason Romano, high-profile producer at ESPN for a long time, walked away from that job in 2017 to go to work for Sports Spectrum, which is a, a website, online, social media, magazine, all designed to bring sports and faith together. And man, they do a lot of great work. They do a lot of work. And in fact, coming off of a four-month stretch where you go from into college football season into the Super Bowl and basketball and everything else that's been going on, we opened our conversation by talking about just simply the fact that maybe, just maybe, Jason's got a chance to breathe a little bit right now. Yeah, it feels like, you know, the week that we're recording this, the day that we're recording this is one of those days where it feels like I can, you know, breathe a little bit. Uh, It's been good, though. Like, really, it started in early to mid-November. You know, part of the ministry I work with has these big conferences every year for pro athletes that we can be a part of with Sports Spectrum. And November was our baseball conference and it felt like everything started then like once we got into baseball and once we were doing a bunch of content there uh, then we went out to Norman Oklahoma and interviewed the Oklahoma softball team and did a big spread and and, and feature on them that's in our latest sports spectrum magazine uh, then Christmas and New Year's and then you start to get into football postseason and then the Super Bowl. And we've been fortunate Sports Spectrum every year since I've been on. 2017 was my first year. Uh, We've been able to go to the Super Bowl, get content, uh, interview athletes, players, coaches, um, you know, even analysts and people like that and ask them about Jesus. So I love that. Um, And then our football conference happened right at the end of February. Uh, So we had great opportunities to talk to some big names there, including guys like Kirk Cousins and Justin Simmons from the Broncos. Uh, And then March came and March Madness happened, which you certainly were a big part of this year and got your own March Madness moment. And then finally, we just finished college basketball and it's like, okay, we can breathe a little bit. Um, But yeah, I mean, when I say breathe a little bit, it doesn't mean the content stops. And you know this, like we're always 
having conversations, having interviews, you know, different, the podcast doesn't stop. You know, we have three interviews a week that we're releasing. So those things don't stop, but the, the kind of craziness of all of the things happening in a four month span there, um, finally has kind of subsided a little bit, which is good. Yeah. Now you're just regular busy as, as opposed to, to yeah. 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 (laughs) It's like a kid having a kid who's, you know, playing sports and it's that season of sports and it's like, yeah, you're busy all the time as a parent anyways to your children. This is just the ratcheted up time when it's in season and they have, you know, volleyball and travel softball or whatever. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of how I would describe what we've had. It's, it's It was crazy busy and now it's just busy busy. And it's intriguing to me in a world that is is becoming more and more anti-Christian. I don't think that's a, a surprise to anybody that you're able sure. to go to Oklahoma and, and and do the story that you did with a coach who's very, very open about her faith. You're able to go to the Super Bowl. You're able to, to do all these things and openly do what Sports Spectrum says, where, where sports and, and faith intersect. Um, God is, is is opening doors for you that in, in a lot of areas of, of Christianity are, are closing for other people. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, Dan. I guess I really haven't thought about that, but you know, I just, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't, when I, when I put in for these conversations or when I request them, you know, and I say, Hey, and you know, this is what we're about, you know, I don't hide that, mm-hmm. but the people that we're reaching out to, when we go directly to them, there always seems to be a yes. I'm not, that's not a brag or anything like that. I think these athletes and coaches, when they hear someone wants to talk to them about Jesus, I think they they jump at that because they don't get a chance to talk about their faith too often mm-hmm. to the media in any case. So I think we offer something different that's very intriguing to the athlete and to the coach. The problem can be when you're dealing with a, let's say a secular entity, whether it's a college or a pro team, and you have people who coordinate those interviews, You know, whether it's public relations people or sports information directors or different people behind the scenes, and often when we run into sort of a, you know, a detour or, you know, even running into a wall, if you will, the wall can often be the, the mediator who's like, okay, I know this person loves Jesus, one of our players, one of our coaches, but is this going to be best for our program? And, you know, I get it. Like I've worked in sports in this business for 25 years, so I get how this, how this goes but we always try to paint people in the right way. You know, it's never a uh, attack on anybody. It's never a, a negative thing. Like, you know, um, these people are bad, but these Christians are great or whatever. It's never like that. Mm-hmm. I think we just want to highlight who they really are. And that's why I think we get a lot of yeses uh, in many cases, because we're not looking to, you know, to uh, decrease people who aren't believers we're just looking to highlight those that are and let people know in the space of sports that there are a lot of people who who love Jesus. And we've been very fortunate, Dan. And anybody who follows Sports Spectrum uh, on, on Twitter, subscribes to what you do, it's just one incredible interview after another. Content just continues to flow. There's no stop to it. So it begs the question, do you get blowback? Do you get people who aren't happy with what you're doing, who try intentionally to put a stop to what you're doing. 
Have you have you faced that? I I hesitate to use the word persecution, but I hear you. You know, that's an interesting question. I don't think so. It's been six years, you know, that I left ESPN to come to Sports Spectrum. I don't think I've received any blowback yet in the in the way that you would describe it. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are people, especially on social media, which. Listen, I, I see the value of social media. I worked in social media at ESPN for years. Uh, it's an incredible platform to promote, but I don't think it's as it's real life in many ways. I think it's just people looking to, you know, vent on a lot of things. And if we post something that goes viral, you know, that's faith driven or somebody talking about Jesus, every single time that happens, you're going to get people who jump on, who happen to come across it who, you know, want to just rip it apart. And that's fine. They can do whatever they want. I'm not, I don't hold any animosity towards that, but that's about it. Like I have not had someone say to me, uh, you know, I can't believe what you guys are doing. We got to stop this because you're promoting Jesus in sports. What I would say, we've had athletes who've been hesitant to come on or not even that hesitant to promote it might be the better answer because it might create blowback for them mm-hmm. or or their brand or their team or who they represent. Uh, I get that because even when I was doing things and it was only a small amount of things, but when I was still at ESPN and I was, you know, invited to be on a couple podcasts, you know, they basically said, you can do all these interviews you want, but make sure they understand you're representing you and not ESPN. And I understood where they were coming from, but I'm like, you know, if you play for a team, you're representing them wherever you go. Just like as Christians, we represent Christ wherever we go. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the only blowback, Dan. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm fortunate and grateful, or maybe it's because the content's good, um, which we pride ourselves on and, and try to create really good content and not just be like, a, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, not have it be, you know, average or below average. Right. And I think you may disagree with where we're coming from, from a faith perspective, well, hopefully you can at least listen and hear good conversation, good content. You know, if you listen to Kirk Cousins on our podcast a couple of days ago, even if you don't agree with his faith, this is a very engaging individual who who has a strong, strong, um, deep relationship with God that guides him each day. So hopefully they'll listen and understand like this is real life for these for these people. Um, but yeah, I I'm sure it's going to come. You know, and and maybe in some ways that's what what um, what we are supposed to expect because the Bible says that anytime we proclaim the gospel that there's going to be pushback. Um, you know, um, whatever that is, you know, I guess we just have to be be ready for it. The, the content itself, if if it's done right with the right person, it's engaging. I think can knock down some of those barriers. I go back to the second interview that I did for this this new Christian weekly radio show that that I'm doing now with our nonprofit with Brandon Puffer and yeah. and whether you're a Christian or not Brandon's story is one that that has to have you on the edge of your seat because of the the self-inflicted wound that he gave himself through his drinking and what that cost him two and a half years or whatever it was out of his life in prison and sure. and the, and then the redemptive value that comes through Jesus with what Jesus has done in his life but whether you're a believer or not to me that story is going to be 
captivating and engaging simply because I think we've seen in society now, unfortunately, people love to see someone knocked off a pedestal, and then they love to see the redemption story, whether it's faith-based or not. Brandon's is faith-based, as, as you and I both know. But I think if the story, and this is the point, if the story is engaging, you you can cross those faith boundaries and knock down some of those barriers. I think so, for sure. I think we've been fortunate to talk to so many different people. We have Brandon on our show as well. And I remember hearing his story and thinking, this is going to relate to anyone right. who has ever struggled with whether it's addiction or you know whether it's mental health or anxiety, depression, whether they've been arrested and had to you know, kind of figure out how to turn their life around. Like that's Brandon's story. Now we both know that his faith in Jesus has really been, you know, what's catapulted him to be able to find more purpose, to find more um, hope, you know, in moving forward. But those are stories that relate to everybody. And I mean, we just talked to this guy on our podcast who was a, he was the Michigan Wolverines athletic trainer. And you think, okay, well, that's interesting. And it was the 30th anniversary of the Fab Five playing at Michigan. Um, and you and I are both old enough to remember the Fab Five. Some of the youngsters may not, but they they transcended and changed college basketball forever in many yeah, ways. Especially shorts, which, <laughs> shorts, which became longs. Long. Yes. <laughs> the short shorts went bye-bye. That's a good thing. Let's just put it that way. Thanks to Chris Weber and Jalen Rose. But the interesting thing in talking to him was his story of faith inside the Michigan Wolverines locker room with access that only a few people had, kind of being around this rock star team like the Beatles, you know, and that kind of thing. But then his story of being able to tell, I won't give it all away, but he he got he had an opportunity through the Fab Five to encounter and spend time with Muhammad Ali. And suddenly he found himself being challenged in his faith. And what do you do at that moment? And I'm thinking, man, these are the stories that I love to hear. Like nobody knows that story. And if they do, maybe it's because they know this man. But I mean, Dave Ralston isn't a well-known household name, but he was with Michigan during a very pivotal time in college basketball history and had this incredible story to share about his encounter with Muhammad Ali. That's the type of stuff that relates to everybody. I don't care if you are a believer or not. That's a fascinating, fascinating story. So, And, and media done well, and I'd like to think I, I at least attempt to do it well. You guys at Sports Spectrum do it incredibly well. Done well, yeah. that, that's what it does. It tells stories that, that engages people. It doesn't, it doesn't come across as propaganda. It, it tells stories. And, and when you yes. have the opportunity to do a long-form podcast or a long-form radio show, you can really delve into things with people. And we live in a 280-character world now. Mm. And yeah. and it, it's it's refreshing to, to be able to sit down like you and I are doing now, like you do on Sports Spectrum, like I do on this radio show, and spend 35 or 40 minutes really getting into the nuts and bolts of somebody's life. Well, it's interesting that you say we do live in a you know 250 character world, and yet the most popular podcast around is three hours long, Joe Rogan's show. Yeah, and think, okay, wait a minute. So if we're in a you know short attention span, microwavable society, and yet the most popular show that's out there 
is three hours long, well, there's hope, right? That mm -hmm. there's an attention span that actually wants to hear long stories, uh, conversation, long form content that can work. And whether it's 20 minutes or 40 minutes or three hours, and I've never done a three hour podcast and maybe someday I will, but I, I don't have any desire to um, at this point. But what I do love about podcasting is that we give uh, you know, freedom for, for it to go an hour if it needs to, right. to be able to tell stories. And you can't do that. And I love radio. Radio is my baby. Uh, I know you're in radio. It's hard to do it within the radio format because you're only allotted so many, so, so many amounts of time. Now, I think podcasting is turning a little bit into radio with the frequency of commercials and, and spots kind of breaking it up in the middle but it's more on demand, you know, and you can choose in a way where radio is, not, you know, not that way. But I love the fact that we can tell these stories. And you mentioned it earlier. We're not propaganda here. Um, I, I almost 100 percent of the time, I think one one interview out of all of the thousands we've done, politics might have came up and I was kind of cringing on it. I'm like, I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to I don't want to have that conversation because it just feels divisive. You know, our goal is to talk to all people who love Jesus and are in the world of sports. And if they fall on the left or the right or whatever spectrum you want to classify people on, I honestly don't care, you know? And that's that's what I like about Sports Spectrum is that we don't try to fall into a specific category. You might try to classify us as one because we talk about Jesus, but I promise you um, that's not where we want to live. We want to live in the gospel and just use our platform as a way to point people to Christ. The podcast does give you a lot of freedom. I did a daily three hour radio show for 11 years and, oh, yeah. and that, uh, <laughs> th that can get tedious after a while. Uh, well, I worked on Mike and Mike. That was yeah. four hours every day, Monday through Friday, right. uh, 6am to 10am. There's a lot in there and we had to repeat a lot of content cause it's different audiences. Mm. Yeah. Four hours, three hours, whatever it is. Whew, it's a lot. Jason Romano from Sports Spectrum with us on this week's edition of the Dan Scott Show. So let, let's uh, let's go back and, and revisit something you and I talked about on on my podcast back uh, what a year and a half ago, and let's yeah. let let's talk about your career and 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 you were a a very high profile producer at ESPN, and and then decided on faith to walk away. And, and do what you're doing now. But let, let's, let's, let's talk about that journey. Let's talk about ESPN first and your time there. Yeah. You say uh, on faith and in faith yes. <laughs> and making that decision, a leap of faith. As I tell people all the time. Yeah. I, as a kid, you know, I love sports and, and I was never going to be a professional athlete. And I was fortunate in, in 2000, you know, 23 years ago now to have that opportunity to go and work for ESPN. And it was a dream job. Uh, in some cases, I don't even call it a dream because uh, I didn't dream big enough. You know, I, I wanted to be, you know, the local, I wanted to be Bob McNamara, who is the sports anchor at News Channel 13 in Albany, New York. That's what I wanted to be. And I just thought that'd be a cool job. Stay in my hometown and, you know, cover sports, a little bit of national, uh, some local. Um, but then an opportunity came to go to ESPN. And I thought, oh my gosh, is this really happening? And, and it happened. And I walked in there, uh, just like you would imagine a kid in a candy store, just thinking this was the greatest thing ever. Um, and I was in awe, you know, and it took me a while, um, to remember that I was going to work, 
and not going to this cool museum that I wanted to visit every day with all these historical figures right. or people watched on TV, you know? Um, but I loved my job. Uh, there were moments where I, I, I had bad days just like everybody, but you know, I was a radio producer for, for three and a half years on the radio network, worked on Mike and Mike in its early, early days. I uh, worked with Dan Patrick's show and a few other shows when they were at ESPN then went to television on the TV side. And that was where I really um, started to make, you know, connections and have the relationships that would carry on even to this day uh, with different people in the industry. You know, I was a talent booker, talent producer, and, you know, I'm working with everyone in, in, this, in the world of sports to try and get guests on the biggest shows at ESPN, whether it's Sports Center, First Take, uh, Mike and Mike again, you know, NFL Live, Monday Night Football, Baseball Tonight, whatever it was. I was working to get guests on those shows. And so I did that for nine years. And when you book for nine years uh, at a place like ESPN, you can't help but build up a Rolodex and relationships that um, that are, you know, pretty big and pretty deep and pretty wide. Last four years at ESPN, I worked on the social and digital media side. Uh, and I was a part of the NFL project working at ESPN on their NFL shows and building up this helping build up because I was not the only one but helping build up the social media side this mm -hmm. is over 10 years ago and it was a really interesting time for media because ESPN was still in a place where they were so set on the television linear television uh, radio and even the dot-com world but all of a sudden social media comes and we're trying new things and kind of like you know the uh the stepchild who doesn't get all the love, if you will, from the from the mom and dad, but yet we're still in the house and we're still playing. And we were trying some new things with media. And it's weird to think about 2012, 10 years later, and looking back and thinking, this is like the norm now, the social media world, where 10 years ago, we were trying all these new things and realizing this is a great place for content. Um, but ultimately, yeah, 2017 came and I just felt like the Lord was steering me towards doing more for him. And I didn't know what that meant. And what it meant ultimately was a, a very random, um, by chance, obviously it's not by chance, it's it's God's doing, connecting with my current boss who is running a ministry and and just acquired, uh, you know, this sports media brand called Sports Spectrum. And one thing led to another and I I took a 40% pay cut and really went out on a leap of faith, Dan, but I left to, to, to pursue this calling that I didn't know even existed, if you will, working in sports and faith. You, you talk about establishing the Rolodex during all those years. It's almost like God was ordering your steps, right? Completely. And yeah. it's funny, Dan, I look back now and I, I, I see that with more clarity than, than I've ever seen in my life, anything that, that I've ever been able to accomplish those years when you're in the middle of it, you're just kind of excited, right? Like you're yeah. I'm at ESPN and I'm meeting all these famous people and this is so much fun. But now I look back and I'm like, holy cow, God was really setting that up for what I'm doing today, which is still, you know, booking guests in many ways because I work on this podcast, although I, I help lead our media team and there's a lot more to what I do than just a show that's a podcast. But it's so much of the skills and the relationships and the experiences that I had at ESPN all being used now for sports spectrum. And I always say that was that was a season of my life that needed to happen and I'm grateful for it. 
But that wasn't the most important season. That was the preparation season where, where I think God is now allowing that preparation to be put into action for his kingdom mm-hmm. with the work we're doing at Sports Spectrum. And it's it's really fascinating to think about. I love talking about my time at ESPN, but I really now see it as preparation and God's plan and ordering my steps to eventually leave. And there are others whose steps might be ordered by God to stay. But for me, it was to leave, and uh, you know, I'm just so grateful that I get to do what I get to do right now with Sports Spectrum. When we talked on, on the podcast a year and a half ago, whenever it was, and, and we were talking about the transition, you, you mentioned going to a, a, a conference or two as, as a guest speaker, I believe, talking yeah. about social media and sports. And, and it, it turned out, and again, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but one of them was a sports and faith kind of deal. And, and you realized that there were people there who were freely sharing their faith and, and you wanted to be able to do that more freely, right? Yes. Yeah, so I had never spoken, you know, anywhere. That wasn't a thing for me, you know, that I was invited to be a speaker. Uh, and then I was invited to speak at this conference and it wasn't sports, but it was faith. It was all faith, right. was churches and conferences and nonprofits in the faith-based world. And then I was the only person there who worked in the secular world and certainly worked in sports, but was doing the same thing they were doing, which was social media, digital media. And I was fascinated. And this was 2015, mm-hmm. but fascinated with what I had seen. Uh, and it really was the first I think seed that was being planted inside me to think, you know, if you left ESPN, there's still places that you can take what you've learned here and utilize it, but for a greater purpose. And ultimately that led to me leaving two years later and it was still sports. Thankfully, I I love sports and I, I cannot imagine not working in sports ever for the rest of my life, as long as I, I work, but you know, God, if he has a different plan, I'm, I'm obviously wanting to be obedient to that but I love sports and the fact that I can take what I love, which is Jesus and sports and put it together is just, you know, it's a blessing. It really is. Visiting with Jason Romano from sports spectrum on this week's uh, edition of the show. Let's go back even before ESPN. And I want to talk about your, your journey to faith. How, yeah. how, how, how did that work out for you? What ultimately led you to coming to faith in Christ? Yeah, I grew up as a kid in uh, the Catholic Church, loved going to, you know, Mass with my grandfather as a kid. But really, uh, if I'm being honest, the reason I went was because of what I was going to get after I left the service, which was, you know, my grandfather would take me out for pizza and play video games and we'd even go bowling sometimes. And it was like, okay, I'll go, but what can I get out of this from you if I go? which is a common trait for a seven or 10, nine year old. If you do this, I'll give you that. Um, but that was really it for me. And when I got to, to my early teen years, you know, I kind of really had no interest in going to church at all. Uh, I did my, my proper catechisms that you do for a good Catholic boy. You know, I made my first communion. I got my confirmation when I was 14 or 15. And then I was kind of done. I just didn't care about church or I, I don't want to say I didn't care about God, but I just didn't think about him. Mm-hmm. So I guess I didn't care about him. You know, if you would ask me if I believed in God at 17 years old when I graduated high school, I would have said, yeah, I think so, but I don't really care. I don't know much about him. It, you know, my religion, my God was sports. <laughs> That's all I cared about, Dan, as a kid. Uh, and fast forward, you know, as I was so focused on, 
you know, graduating from college and starting a career in broadcasting and what can I do to get a job in this business? Uh, that's what I was consumed with, but not until 2001 uh, was I first introduced to Jesus, like the gospel. And that was my brother, Chris, uh, who a couple years before I became a follower of Christ, he became a, a Christian. And, you know, at first I thought he was nuts. This is completely different from, you know, the sort of church experience that we grew up going to. But after I watched how he lived his life, how he loved his wife, how he loved his his newborn baby son, Sam, I was attracted to that. That became really interesting to me. And I'm like, all right, this, it may be a little weird, a little crazy, but, you know, I'm at least open to whatever is working for him. I want it to work for me because I want to be a good, a good husband. I want to be a good dad. Certainly wanted to be a good dad. You know, I didn't grow up with the best dad. And so we, um, you know, we found ourselves on Mother's Day of 2001 in the back bedroom of his house, just hanging out with the family, you know, hanging out in the living room. And he called me back to his his bedroom and we just went and we had a chat for like 10 minutes. And he just said, I feel this on my heart. You know, can I can I share with you the gospel? And I was open because I had just gone to church with him that morning, his church, and I was open to at least hearing what it was. And I think the only reason I was open, number one, he was my brother, but number two, I, I again saw how he lived his life and it was a reflection of what I now see as Jesus. So that was attractive to me. He shared the gospel and he just asked, is this something you want in your life? And I said, yeah, I think so, Chris. And and so we prayed uh, and I accepted Christ and, and began a, a journey with Jesus that continues to this day. Now, Dan, I tell people, I don't know if I really knew what I was saying yes to that day. I don't know if I even would have gone to heaven if I had died that day. I hope so. But I know that that was the start of the journey. And my heart was at least open to saying yes. And my encouragement for everyone listening is you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to know the Bible and be a PhD and, and know it cover to cover. Heck, I still don't know it cover to cover to this day. But if you're open that's where God can do his best work and meet you right where you're at. And he did that for me. And now here we are 20, 22 years later. And uh, I've, I'm just so grateful that my brother took that leap of faith and that step to be bold and, and ask me if I would be interested in hearing about the gospel. And uh, it's changed my life certainly forever. Look at what I'm doing now. Yeah. Never in my million years would I have ever thought I would be talking to people in sports about Jesus, but, but here we are. So if you could understand it all, there wouldn't be a need for faith. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and, and we you would know, be God. We would, we would play God. Right. My, my, my dad's been pastoring and preaching for 55, 56 years. He'll tell you there are things in the Bible he doesn't understand. I'm a, a, a big fan of Dr. David Jeremiah, who has been yes. preaching for, you know, 50, 60 years. He regularly says, there are still things in the Bible he doesn't understand, but that's why we need faith. And I always go back to Billy Graham, who who said on multiple occasions that you'll never understand it all intellectually. And, and Jesus talked about the faith of a mustard seed, at yep. which which is a seed that's so small that it's almost invisible to the human eye, and yet when planted, what happens? It grows into this huge, beautiful plant. And and Billy Graham said, if you come with just that small, shaky, wobbly faith, then mm. God will take that and do the work in you that needs to be done, and you'll never understand it all, but that's where the faith element comes in. 
even the definition of faith, right? The assurance of things hoped for, the the evidence of things not seen, right? right? The assurance of things hoped for. Like faith is about this hope that we have in Jesus. It's not about, you know, faith is not the 100% knowledge of everything that's ever existed from, you know, from start to finish, from alpha to the omega. It does. It's not that. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And so we can't see God. You know, we can't see that, but there's evidence from from that, right? And right. the hope is what we, we, I think that's the firm foundation in Jesus that we have this hope in, but it is hope and we have to stand on that. You know, I, I was listening recently to a podcast and it was a very secular podcast that was talking about religion and even the person who was, who was doing it was in essence an atheist. And he was talking about how I don't see how people can put their hope in this fake, you know, false, invisible thing. But if it gives them peace and happiness, good for them. I just don't see it. it what was the, what he said? And I'm thinking, okay, that's, that's great. But like, I would so much rather have peace and hope in something than peace and hope in nothing. Because I feel like if I was an atheist or even an agnostic, I wouldn't have a hope. You know, all you got to do is go to a funeral and contrast it of a funeral of somebody who didn't believe in Jesus to one that did. And there's a massive difference. And you see that, I don't know, that there's just this joy and this hope and this this um, belief that it's there's something bigger. And just go outside and look. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, this isn't just random. It can't be. So I don't know. That's there's so much there that we we could go into another hour on this on this topic. In, in the Southern Baptist world, we call those home goings. The the, mm. the the funeral service for a believer is a home going. So yeah, you're right. Yes. There, there's a tremendous yes. difference. I, I have uh, been fortunate to interview comedian Jeff Allen, who is yeah. is a, an incredibly funny man and, and and is a strong believer. Has an incredible testimony for people who've never heard it i used to say go to go to youtube and get it but actually you can go to my podcast uh, site and and find the interview there uh dan scott show podcast little brazen um uh, pr- <laughs> promotion there but of course but he he talked about the the guy that ultimately got him started on the faith journey was a guy that he was playing golf with who was a millionaire who decided he wanted to be a comedian because he just had more money than he knew what to do with and, and wanted to do something fun and 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 Jeff always said that besides being an alcoholic and a drug addict, that he was an atheist. And he got to talking with this guy uh, about. Uh, he asked him, you know, why are you an atheist? And, and mm-hmm. you know, he said, Jeff Allen said, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here. You know, nobody believes the Bible, all that stuff. And and, and the guy's response was, "You're not an atheist. You're a moron." Which, 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 you know, got, got the, got the, the, the tentacles up a little bit. But the reason he said that was, he said, in order to be an atheist, you have to investigate thoroughly, basically every religion that's out there and come to an educated conclusion that there is no God. You have just decided without even reading the Bible or any of this other stuff that you don't believe in it. That doesn't make you an atheist. It makes you a moron. And, and that was, that was yeah. what started him on the journey that ultimately over 30 years ago led to him coming to Christ. And, it, and it's incredible testimony. You, you need to go hear it sometime because it, and he's able to, to tell it in a serious, but yet funny way as, as a comedian can. 
Yeah, send me the link because I want to hear that interview. But there has been some people that I've talked to, um, many people who were atheists who've become believers, even on our podcast on Sports Spectrum, where I was like, wow, what happened? You know, what's the pivot moment? What's the what's the what's the you know Damascus moment that takes place in your life to go from an atheist to a believer? Sometimes it's going through difficult trials and God gets you out of it, right? It's a, you know, the DeMar Hamlin situation, I think, when we saw that with the Buffalo Bills earlier this year, you know, we saw a, an, ap, an absolute miracle happen and take place before our very eyes. Mm-hmm. The guy was twice, needed to be resuscitated, and now he's alive, and he seems to be doing pretty well. There's a miracle there. You can't explain it. Yes, there were first responders and people who were trained properly, but that was one of those where God had to intervene or whatever you believe had to intervene. And so when I talk to atheists who become believers, something had to have happened in their life to investigate what they believe. You know, I I sometimes say, Dan, it takes more faith to be, be, uh, you know, someone who doesn't believe, an atheist, versus someone who does, because I don't, I mean, and and by the way, you have to have, it's weird to say this, but even though you believe there's no God, like you are putting your faith in the fact that there is no God, right? And so there's this aspect, I, I'm, I'm always intri- intrigued by, and you don't meet a lot of atheists, if I'm being honest. You meet a lot of agnostics, people who are like, eh, or people who are kind of like halfway in, or kind of like what I was when I was younger. You know, I believe that there's a God. Um, just don't, you know, I don't, I'm not religious. That's a common word you hear. Um, and I'm, I always think, man, what, if you want to put your faith in something, why in the heck wouldn't you at least investigate it? It's uh, got to start somewhere, but then investigate it. Yeah, I, I, was, I was listening to Alistair Begg yesterday, and you bring up agnostic. You, you I know, love that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the um, you know what the the Latin the literal Latin translation of the word agnostic is ignoramus. Yeah. Ignorant, right? Yeah. you're ignorant. Yeah. So. <laughs> visiting with Jason Romano. I'll send you the the link to Jeff Allen. I'll also send you another one to David Stein, uh, who was the overnight guy on Sporting News Radio, was the morning man on Fox before that, Fox yes, Radio. I know who that is. Yes. Yeah, and, and he was a self-described Jewish atheist addict and now yes. now is the campus pastor of a church in the greater Atlanta area. What God, what God I've heard, does. I've heard his story. Yeah. His story is one of the more mind-blowing ones, yeah. right? Like how do you go be, from being Jewish and, you know, atheist, which I don't know, I guess Jewish could be a heritage Col- and cultural religion. Yeah. yeah, cultural Jewish. Yeah. But then becoming a follower of Jesus, like what happens? Like how does that happen? And so I love those stories. Those are, again, those are the stories that anybody can listen to, whether you agree or not on whatever they believe in. That's that's his story. That's a very real story, and those are captivating to me. And and the thing that draws you in, you know, Jeff Allen's been a Christian for probably close to thirty five or forty years now. David Stein's been a Christian for well over twenty years now. When yeah. they when they get to that moment, you can still hear the emotion. Yeah, you know, yes, and and literally, you if you're doing it by Zoom like I was, you can see the tears welling up. It's it's real to them. Dan, it's so interesting you say that because, you know, I've shared my testimony with a lot of different people on a lot of different platforms in person or, you know, on a Zoom or at a conference or whatever. And 
my team, our sports spectrum team that works for a bigger ministry, it's about 15 of us. Every Thursday we get together to pray and it's just great. You know, 30 minutes, let's pray. What are we praying for? Who are we praying for? It's just a nice break each week to be reminded about what we do. By the way, we never did that at ESPN. Right. Um, that was intentional by my boss to set that up. But last fall, he said, okay, what I want every person to do each week, we're going to choose one person and you're going to share your testimony. And and it was awesome to kind of hear the stories of the different people on our team and how they all came to faith. Dan, every single person, for the most part, cried. Mm-hmm. And I'm including yours truly, including me. And I, I'm like, why am I crying? As I'm sharing this to my team, I'm, I'm yelling at myself. I'm like, why am I crying right now? I've shared this story hundreds of times to many other people, and I, I didn't cry. And I'm sharing it to them. And for some reason, as I'm sharing it, this realization of my brother introducing Jesus to me that then allowed me to introduce Jesus to my daughter, that now thinking my daughter's in college at a Christian school and someday is going to have kids and, and hopefully introduce Jesus to them. And I'm thinking, it just hit me like the ripple effects that take place from that moment that my brother said, yes, I'm going to introduce my brother Jason to Jesus. It transforms people's lives and it changes trajectories, right? It literally goes from, you're talking about a fork in the road and take it, you know, as Yogi Berra used to say, mm-hmm. this is a fork in the road that you can go left or right and because my brother chose to go right and make that, you know, decision to talk to me about Jesus, we're all going in this new direction because of that. And it just was overwhelming and it hit me and I started bawling and I, I, I felt so embarrassed. Like I'm on a Zoom talking to half my team and crying my eyes out. Yeah, but see, that, I, that's, that just shows how real it is, correct. Jason. Uh, I, I, I I get asked to share my testimony and speak at churches, uh, thankfully, on a much more regular basis now. And every time I get to that moment and I talk about I had hit bottom and had gotten so low that the only place I could look was up. And then I yep. say, but that's when I saw Jesus and his arms were open wide saying, son, come home. Every time I get emotional there. And I hope I always do because I Me don't too. I yeah. don't want it to become mundane, rote behavior. I'm just reciting something. Yeah, I got saved, blah, blah. I I don't want it to become that. I want that emotion there because it reminds me of how real it is. And that's how people, I think, connect. Uh, Nobody wants to have a Bible thrown in their face or forced to um, conform to some whatever belief religion that you have just because they need to, right? And, And I was at the Super Bowl and I was in Phoenix and this has happened to every Super Bowl, and there's always those street preachers, and I'm I really admire them. The fact that they could stand out on the corner of a giant city and preach the gospel and have the bullhorn and tell people about the Bible is 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 really, uh, you know, I'm in I'm in admiration when I see that. But I have such a problem with it too on the same level because they're yelling at people and saying, "Don't you understand that you need to repent and or you're going to hell?" You know, and there's truth to that. Like there is, that's the gospel. I get it. Like they're not, they're not preaching falsely, but it's the way that they do it. I think when we share our stories, by the way, take that street preacher and just let him share his story. Hey guys, I just want to tell you my story. I think you'd have crowds of people lining up to listen to his story as opposed to, don't you understand that you're going to hell if you don't repent and turn to Jesus? then people are just kind of walking away like, I don't want to hear this. It's uncomfortable for them. But when you share your story, 
to any audience, people are going to listen. And when they listen, that's where they might be opened to saying, you know what he has, I want to hear that. I might want that in my life. And of course you have the decision. It's your decision to make, but that's where people I think come, like most people I think come to faith because somebody shared their story with them, not preached at them. If that makes sense. No, no, it's, it's true. And, and, and there is a place for that kind of, of message. Uh, and, and, you know, by and large, that's what evangelists do. There is. And Dan, listen, I always say people won't care about what you know until they know that you care. Right. And as you share your story and they realize that you genuinely care for them, then you have the opportunity to go and share, like, this is the gospel here, you know, and give them the forewarning and show them what Jesus is talking about and, and what the Bible says about salvation and repentance. Like there's moments and you need to do that. You have, we have to do that. We're commanded to do that, to preach the gospel but I think you got to get them where they are and you, and, and, and will, can someone come to faith in Jesus from somebody screaming at them on the corner? Maybe, maybe that's a seed planted, but I have a hard time just knowing how I came to faith that screaming and yelling at someone isn't going to do any good at first. We are visiting with Jason Romano from sports spectrum and we are at the point in time where we have to wrap it up. Otherwise I could keep going for, for a lot longer than we have already approaching 45 minutes. Um, where, where sports spectrum headed? What, what's the future hold? Man, if I could answer that, I, I hope it's going in the right direction. I believe it is. Um, we're trying to be good stewards with, with the opportunities that we get. Um, we are growing. Um, we just saw a massive jump on our Instagram page from January to where we're talking today. Um, in the, in the, you know, 15 to 20 K range as far as followers. So I see like people are discovering us still to this day and sports spectrum has been around for 37 years, 38 years, but I still think we're on the cusp of something big and I don't know what it is. And it, I, I try not to let it, you know, wreck me every day. Cause you want to be good stewards each day of what God has given you. So we have interviews and we have conversations and we have a magazine to put together and articles to write on our, on our website and, you know, content on our social media page. And those are the sort of daily grind things that we do each day. And they're important things to do. Each of those are seeds. We hope, you know, that can be planted into someone and they can come to hear the gospel. But I just feel like it's, there's something bigger still, Dan. And I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't know if it's documentaries or if it's a partnership or if it's somebody coming in and saying, I love what you guys do. You know, and they want to, I don't know, they want to sow into our ministry in a way that helps us, you know, go to, to do bigger things. I don't know what it is, but I feel like there's something bigger. And, um, you know, that's, that could just be me. You know, I want it to be from God, not, not me, obviously, or it'll fall apart. But I don't know, Dan, I mean, I'm, I'm really proud of where we are and how far we've come in six years, but I, I still think there's what did Michael Jordan say that the ceiling is the the roof or whatever it is? Like, I feel like we still are here, you know, I'm holding my hand like mid-level and the ceiling and, and the, the, you know, the, the direction we're going is still way up there and we haven't even gotten close to it yet. Well, bottom line is if you are faithful as an individual, faithful as a company and organization, God will show you where he wants you to go. He'll take you where he wants you to go and it'll become clear when he wants it to become clear. And that's tough for us. That's we, we, we want it now. That's right. That's the patience. That's the patience, man. And and listen, I would rather stay where we are and be where we're at 
and preach the gospel than try to compromise or, you know, water down our faith in any way just to jump up to levels that might be, you know, in the in the millions upon millions of people watching. I would never want to do that. I, I've talked to our team. We all agree we would never compromise our faith for right. any kind of worldly success. So we're just trying to be good stewards and hopefully, you know, that feeling that I have might be something bigger and that comes to fruition. And if not, we'll just continue to be good stewards with where God has us. Yeah. And you have to be patient without praying for patience because I, I'll, I'll go back to David Jeremiah and we'll close with this. He said, someone came to, at his church once and, and said, I, I need you to pray for patience for me. And he said, do you really want me to do that? Because the Bible says tribulation works patience. So do, oh. you, do, do you want me to pray for patience for you? Yeah, be careful what you're asking for. <laughs> so true, so true. What a great conversation with Jason Romano, the website Sports Spectrum. You can find him there on social media. It's just incredible stuff. This is normally the place where we would take another break to let you hear something about Grand Slam Ministries, but we don't have time. What I want to do as we go out is just tip a cap to all of our affiliates who have been with us as we begin this journey, our flagship station, 94.5 FM, The Answer, WGTK in Greenville, South Carolina, WZLA Classic Country, 92.9 FM in Abbeville, South Carolina, Spartanburg Sports Radio, 98.3 FM in Spartanburg, South Carolina, WFBS, Sunny 107.9 in Salem, South Carolina, and WMNZ, 1050 AM and Montezuma, Georgia, and then our internet-only affiliates, Cornerstone Christian Radio, based out of Los Angeles, Lake Kiwi Radio here in the state of South Carolina, Paisley Radio in Paisley, Scotland, and Kau Radio on the big island of Hawaii. Thank all of you for jumping on board with us and helping us with this brand new venture, The Dan Scott Show and Grand Slam Ministries, and hopefully we'll be adding even more affiliates across the country and beyond. Hope you had a blessed Easter. We look forward to being back with you again next week at the same time. Until then, I'm Dan Scott. God bless you and so long, everybody.